Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It's Governor's Cup week. It's Rivalry Week. This is 11 Personnel. I'm Nick Roush, joined by my good friend, Mr. Adam Luckett. As always, brought to you by friends at Monticello Bank. Mr. Luckett, feels like it's been a whole two hours since I last talked to you. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay. I've had better days, for sure. Weeks, months. It's been rough. Um, when you only win one game since September, um, I, I I went back and looked. Yeah, it's only one game since September. There's a reason why uh, Kentucky football fans are down on the Wildcats. I, th- things aren't going well. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the big picture problems, what's gone wrong as of late. We're also going to just get into the nitty-gritty and handicap this SOB and talk cats and cards. We're also going to answer some of your Questions from KS Board. Remember, UK One's the promo code. When you sign up, you get two points for one buck. UK One at KSR Plus. Um, but before we get into all the nitty gritty, I do got to remind you about our friends at Monticello Bank. Go anywhere the cats go, because that's that's where Monticello Bank is. It's where the people are first. It's been their motto for 128 years because they're putting people first. And now you can bank wherever with the GoNBC mobile app. Whether you're at home, on the road, following the cats, or you can go see them. 21 branches in 14 different markets across the state. Where people matter at Monticello Bank. You can find them online at NBCBank.com. Monticello Bank, an equal housing lender, member FDIC. Look it. We've had a lot of time to reflect on what the hell is going on here. Um... I've shared some of my thoughts on KSR Plus, um, some of the folks I've talked to, some of the things I've heard um, along the way, and you know, it's not all great, it's not all terrible, but it's it's, it's not all great at Nick, all. Nick, do you, do you remember the buzz around this team in fall camp? Uh, yeah. It was fun. A lot of fun. So what like what happened? That's what I really want to know. Like what went off track over there? See, and that's the part that's very difficult to to know because the sense that I got is really just there's there's not really any leaders just holding this thing together. And the way that Mark Stoops has built this thing, having players got to do their part, right? I mean, whether that's fair or not, they have to do a decent amount of contributions. And essentially the, the, the structure of this team, you were going to rely on a bunch of transfers to come in and get it done. And that's just, that's not been the case. Yes. On office. And, and that's why I think the thing that Mark Stoops has, he, was, he said it in his press conference, and then he really hit that, that hammer over the head in his coach's show on Tuesday nights. He talks about showing resolve, and you, you say, oh, well, they don't have any resolve. Defensively, they've done a good job of responding when they needed to, and I, I think that's evident with having players at all three, like like D-Jack and Trevin, they've got a good relationship. Harrison's a dog. Dion's a dog. You're seeing that defensively, since that Tennessee game, they've really stepped up whenever 
it kind of needed to stop the bleeding. But offensively, there's just an absence of any sort of gumption, right? By by the the players that you need to have it, your best players in that locker room, and you're just not getting it. And I think that part of that comes with when you went out to the transfer portal to get the best available, you might not have got the best fit available. Yeah, uh, so I would assume when just I don't want to put words in your mouth, but mm-hmm. when they when you think they're having leadership problems, I think you're assuming or we're kind of thinking it's on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, yeah. Okay, That's the so, let, so let's unpack this here. Yep. How many coordinators have they had since 2020? Four, three, five, four, four hires. Right, Grand, mm-hmm. uh, Cohen. Rich, Gangrello, Cohen. Oh, and you had Interim Marrow, too. Yeah. Can't forget the big big dog fence. And they wouldn't even tell us who the Interim was last year for the ballgame for some... Weird reason. Silly reason. Mm -hmm. So that that doesn't even matter. Okay, you've had all that. So what is that? That's had a trickle-down effect to me in the recruiting, right? Um, I wrote a big story on this this week which is basically they've had one offensive star. They have one starter from the 2019 and 2020 recruiting class, high school recruiting classes on offense, Eli Cox. Yep. That's so. it. That's it. And then you look, it's not, but like those are the worst ones, but it's not much better in 2021, right? It's Dingle and Burton. That's it, right? And Jagger Burton, the book's out on him, whether he's going to be a good player here or not, right? As of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been two kind of average years. That, and that, that might, might being kind there, Dingle's shown some promise. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, he's been hurt a couple times now. Um, and then the next year, you've got Dane Key, Barry and Brown, and Josh Caddis. They're just not recruiting well enough at high school at that position. So how in the hell are you supposed to have leaders if you if these guys can't play that you that you bring in and you cultivate in your culture, right? Yeah. Like I hear like what Cohen said, we have to find leaders like in the portal. To me, that's ass backwards. Right? Isn't it? Like, you should – those are the guys – your leaders should be the guys that have been in your program for four or five years. Well, yes, but also how – Kentucky's always had transfers at quarterback. Your quarterback needs to be a leader. So Yeah, yeah but there's – like, I don't – I'm sure a lot of this is on Devin Larry, but he's not the only one, I would assume. Yes, that that that's correct. Now – My thing is they don't – they. There's the structure of it is just broken, right? Yeah. They're a they're a mercenary offense. Mm-hmm. They went out and hired a bunch of um, independent contractors, essentially, and it's blown up in their face. They hired the wrong ones. They've gotten some bad fits. It seems like, um, and it's it's concerning that that's this is where they're at, um, and it's frustrating that this is where they're at. The way they're recruiting on offense is not sustainable. Not only is it not sustainable, that is <laughs> that is crappy way to operate. That's like a three and nine operation. The way they're recruiting on offense right now in the high school ranks, mm-hmm. and so they have to kind of find this happy balance until water finds its level. But first things first, man. Like you need to get better at recruiting high schoolers. Like Shamar Porter, need him to be good. Kobe Keenum. You need him to be a multi-year starter. We've heard good things about Malachi Wood. You need him to be a player for you. Yeah. Uh, and the list goes on. Anthony Brown Stevens is really important. Uh, and that, to me, that's just kind of the – that's the story in a nutshell. 
right? They they really let maybe one bad recruiting batch kind of ruin this thing. And then there's the questions Nick I have. Yeah. There's a guy on this team who quit last year. Yeah. Like I think we've reported that. Yeah. I always say essentially quick because I'm trying to be nice to Tavion Robinson, but he's the oldest. He's the only receiver in the room that's over a second year player besides Dekel Crowdis, who, I mean, he might have. What, what's that? Guy? Yeah. So I just, you know, that's that's just I don't think that's how you should be operating over there, in my opinion. Now I'm not in the locker room, whatnot, but we can only kind of go on what we know, right? Mm-hmm. And they just – there's a lot of problems over there. And it's – you know, I worry because they're going to have to go portal heavy again, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to have to be very careful and get their guy, kind of guys. But, I mean, I think this is going to be an issue again next year. Like, who are you going to get that's going to come in and be a be a, a leader? What that he, means essentially is he, they practice like crap. And yes. They don't, they don't do what they're told, essentially. He, he, Heath is asking what does leadership really mean. And a lot of it just comes down to – Daily routinized practice habits because the way that Wandell Robinson and Will Levis became leaders is because they just went in and did the work, and so they gained respect. And when people told them what to do, they listened. And like the the part to me that's really frustrating is, I mean, Leary hasn't done this. He's certainly fallen short in that in that regard. He's fallen short in a lot of ways. I'm not going to try to be too hard on him because it's just been a it's been a bad year for him. The one that really just kind of made me mad the other night, like it was Ray Turpin on social media because he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, right? Like a, a leader doesn't commit a penalty that is responsible for erasing a third down conversion. I mean. Right. And Kentucky has the worst third and distance to go. Uh, I think it's something like 8.8 yards per – got to go and check this. But their third and to go is the worst in the nation. It's because of stuff like that. And then you you can't go and make mistakes like that that should be basic routine things that you've worked your way through. And then also complain about not getting more carries when you're just doing things that that self-inflicted mistakes. So a lot of it is just good, positive, routinized habits that um, that 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 this team has not formed. And I I think it's they're not playing they're not playing team football. Uh, Yeah, there's probably some individual stuff going on, but Nick, like. If you bring a guy off the street who hasn't been in your system, some that maybe have been at multiple schools, you have to know that's a threat if things get sideways that they're probably going to – Yeah. I mean, the goal is here is to get players to the NFL. Or it will, and, they're trying to get to the next level. So they're right, gonna, there's right. going to be a, some me over we. And that's – you know. but when you get guys from the high school and you can get – you know, if you get them in where there are multiple years where they take pride or this is their school, their program – and that's the that, difference. That's what it's, they're missing right now. In the NFL, you have vets that have been there for a while, so it works, right? But offensively, they don't have that. And I, you know, the the thing I, I forgot where I guess we were talking about the football podcast where you just get the extremes. You know, I, I've got a lot more in the insider notes on KSR Plus. But the one thing that I, I've heard some wild stuff about how bad this locker room is, but then I've heard the exact opposite spectrum. We're like, no, everything's fine. This is totally normal. And I think there's a degree to 
to both, right? Where like it can seem very bad at times because people are pissed off. But also this happens at the end of every season when players who don't perform well just start saying they'd be better off somewhere else and they're just going to go in the portal and they'll be better. It's amplified when you only win one game since September. <laughs> right. When you, <laughs> you know, like your last six, yeah. Yeah. Like you, you're going to think that it's not a, a, a me problem, it's everybody else problem sort of deal. So, but I, but I do think there is uh, the lack of leadership has made the, the there's nobody in there keeping that locker room in shape. So when stuff's going astray on the offensive side of the ball, like you mentioned, Eli Cox being the one guy, like he tried really hard to do that, but he also hasn't played well enough. Same thing with Kenneth Horsey, like that dude just hasn't played. Like you needed for for that to work, you gotta be a badass that everyone respects, right? And imagine yeah, doing that yeah. to some of them receivers trying to get their asses in line. You think that's going to work? You know, like it's just, yeah. it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, they're in a bad spot. And so I, I think what a lot of, uh, the, the, in hindsight, the roster construction was bad, but you know what? Uh, like it, I, the crazy part is if Leary's better and they win a couple more games you know, like early that's on, the right? Sport. That's the that, sport, though. Yeah, like that. But that's what's crazy is if they just win, if, if, if one or two more of those early toss-up games, like it, none of this just unravels in the, the nature that it has. Yeah, but I think a lot of that, too, is like, what if I won the lottery? Well, you didn't. So <laughs> we got to talk about what's what's real yeah, and what's true. here right now. Yeah. Um, and like Mark Stoops said, I don't like living hypotheticals. We're not doing hypotheticals here. This You are what you're you, – the results mm-hmm. are the results. Let well, the results be the results, and that's what and we're they doing g- here. They gambled and lost, right? They made yeah. a big gamble with the portal, and they, they they lost on their mercenary bets. Yeah, and so the, the, my big question is, how do you get out of that? Right? That means you got young players, you got to get them in, and you got to develop them and make them good starters. The problem I see is that's not really happening in these younger classes. That's what scares me, really is that they're going to keep just going down this path. And what have we seen that makes us think that they're going to hit, <laughs> that this won't happen again? Like, I think it'll happen again if it keeps going down this path. Um, because while well, we just we went through the rec- the recruiting results, they just don't – they're not developing and getting these players in, from high school to starter roles and growing them that way. Now, it is harder today with the player retention because guys can leave and you can't stash guys. Mm-hmm. But – Quite frankly, Nick, the guys that are well, leaving aren't any good. You well, know? Some, some of it too is the and develop part, right? Like yeah. you recruit and develop. You you got to get it better developmentally, and um, they're just in a. They've got to figure out a lot on offense. Number one, who do they want to be? Like, who are we? And what do we want to do? And what do we want to hang our hat hang our hat on? And we heard Liam Cohen talk about that on Tuesday. Now, part of this I don't agree with. Like, there is very much that, like, I feel like that they think, like, they can get the O-line built back and they can get back to just ass-kicking everybody. But I don't think Landon Young, Drake Jackson, and Darian Kennard are walking through that door. And here, br- those briefly. Were, <laughs> those were legit blue-chip 
guys that could have went just about anywhere in college football, and Kentucky got them in the like a two year recruiting period, and they were all like four year starters, and they all kicked major ass all four years. I just don't think that's happening again. So they're gonna have to learn to win without just bullying people at the point of attack, and that's I think the most scary part when I look at the future of this offense. I just don't think, I just don't think that's coming back here. And so you've got to be able to do it some, somehow else. And I just keep hearing them talk about that, and I'm like, man, like I really think we we got to figure out a different way to yeah. do this. Yeah. Well, and the to your point, like it. I mean, there was a stretch that the state of Kentucky produced Jedrick Wills, Landon right. Young. Yeah. I mean, who's the last multi like state of Kentucky? Uh, Guys, come on. Let's get some. Eli, Eli Cox is more than norm. Not to say anything bad about Eli, but he's going to be a multi-year. He's like Mason Wolf starter. was. A yes. good player that played a while, right. rotated. You know, like that's more. Exactly. To your point, the the problem is the state hasn't done a very good job of producing that sort of talent in recent years. Um, that's you why hope I just, Ohio, you can get some of those from Ohio. Yeah, but I, to your point – and that's why, like, he's saying that, but there's also part of it where they're talking about, like, all right, uh, the the other the other part of the equation that I think you might agree with is that Cohen talking about going to a more up tempo. We're not going to huddle every time. We're I, I've what you've heard publicly. I've heard behind closed doors and much more. Uh, it's been reaffirmed. Fact. Yeah. yeah, like we're we're going to go about it this way now stylistically the you know how how much of the pro concepts where you've got to mix in the run the physical run game with the play action like how much of it includes spread now that that you know i'm sure cohen's gonna spend three months trying to figure that out watch tape and all that but i but i am pretty confident that they're going to at least get to that point and try that i also wonder how much of when cohen says we got to be physical at the point of attack and all that sort of stuff is just like the that's just what stoops like it's just like a like we got to say this over and over until we start getting dudes who are going to start punching the opponents in the mouth in the trenches. Yeah. Um, yes. I think I did, I don't want to be all negative, Nancy. I think what Cohen said I needed to hear. I think it was a good thing. And now it's low hanging fruit to kind of say why wasn't he doing it this way? Mark Stoops hired him to run a certain style of offense. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Now that style is just not working. It's not hitting here. Yeah, it hit. Shade. It hit with the right guys, but you had you had three pros in a pro style he, offense, and like a, then, you had a bunch of pros. <laughs> even then, they weren't. It, they were running the Rams' offense, but it was like an offshoot version. Like yeah. it wasn't the because I think they thought they would come in run wide zone play action and just be a bear to deal with, and it didn't. It hasn't really worked out like that. But I think what Cohen said was good to hear because now it's like all right. Figure out what guys who have been in the NFL that are running college offenses are doing. So, like, watch Ohio State with Ryan Day. Watch Sark with Texas. Watch Jed Fish with his offenses at Arizona. Um, Guys like that who are having some success kind of blending where they still do get under center and still do that stuff, but they're still – they can mix in tempos and do all of that. Um, that, That's what Kentucky's kind of got to figure out. So that was a good thing, I think. Um, I was worried they're going to be – like dead set on huddling. Yeah. And it seems like they're okay with getting rid of that. And then the, live, and they got to get out of the I know a lot of this is like like to be in the condensed formations because if you're in condensed formations it's harder to play man coverage, you can get zone. 
So if you know what zone a team's comfortable in, it's easier to read. That's part of the reason why you do it. Uh, but that box is just getting too crowded, and the the line they have just can't handle it. Yeah, you know, spread it out, make it easier on those guys. Get your athletes in space. Take advantage of the hash marks. Take right. advantage of some of the sub rules when you can go tempo. Um, so I, I think that was good to hear. Um, now he's going to have to talk to the head honcho about how fast he can go, because we know Mark <laughs> Stoops does not want going 100 miles an hour. But like they were no huddle throughout Grant's time, Nick, and they would they would mix in tempo with him. Yeah. So I think you can, it's going to look some more like that, I would imagine. So there was somebody who asked me on Twitter, well, why didn't they do this sooner? And part of me says uh, maybe they could have during the bye week, but I don't think you can just – Bowl like, game, it, I think you'll see them dabble in it. Yeah, because here's the thing. is If you do the same thing for four months, you, it's really hard to change it up. They did it one time with Lynn Bowden, and that was out of – damn necessity right like they had to completely overhaul everything because there was no other option yeah i think a lot of this too nick like i think cohen like probably wants to and needs to do a real kind of deep dive and figure out like what exactly fits their personnel Mm -hmm. fits their structure and will succeed against sec defenses like, I think there's going to be a lot of, like, we've got to kind of try to figure out what, what's going to work best here. Um, and so that's just not, you know, hey, we'll go, <laughs> let's get in stacks and run four verts <laughs> all game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not, it's more, I think it's more a little bit more complicated than that. So they have to figure it out. And Cohen has to uh, figure that out. So, I, I mean, I think it's a fair criticism that why didn't they have, like, something, like, baked in this year, especially with Leary's background to kind of do some of that stuff. So I think that's fair um, to criticize it, but they've kind of committed to what they wanted to be, so you got to try to figure that out the best you can. And that's just where they are right now. And it's unfortunate where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got a lot to figure out on offense. I think the program as a whole is kind of really in a scary point because there's been a lot of warning signs to me the last two years that are getting very, very hard to ignore. Uh, and so, like, it's easy to see this getting – like, to me, it's almost easy to see it wor- getting worse before it gets better. And that's scary. And so, it's a really important offseason. Um, you know, they got a lot to figure out. And um, it's two years in a row, Nick, where they felt kind of lost the locker room. Well, that's – that's like a, Kind of like it is. That's a question that uh, Austin White asked on KS Board. Um, and uh, – I think some of it is you can be player-led, but you need really good leadership at certain positions. And and I'm talking about, you know, coaches, everything. Like, we, we talked about it before the season. You were going to be very reliant on that wide receiver room. Your old head in there was Tavion Robinson, right? Like, it, it, there was going to be some stuff. So, you need to have somebody in there who is a very strong just force to be reckoned with. And if there's one position that I, I mean, do we need to go through the murderers row of uh, wide receivers coaches here at the university of Kentucky under Mark Stoops? It is, it's quite the lineup. And even somebody who's been there for them all would probably struggle to list them all. You had uh, Boni, Michael Smith, 
Lamar Thomas, Tommy Maynard. Um, I'm missing one, right? There's you had Woodward, Maynard, obviously. You went Maynard. He was here three years. Then you was went it, Lamar, who was so here Lamar two. was after Maynard. Okay. Yeah, and then you went. Um, I think straight from Lamar, they went to was it Michael Boone? Smith? It was Michael Smith. That's right. Then yeah. Boone Knight. Yeah. Then Woodward. Yeah, they. <laughs> Uh, has it been a good? Yeah, room? yeah, it's been it's it's been it's been rough. Um, so I, you know, I, and that's not to just put all of it lump it all on the wide receivers, but I, I do think there was um, the the you talk about stuff catching up, right? I think the the hiring people at weird times is catching up. Woodward got promoted after Boo Knight gets a DUI. He was just a quality control guy. Right. Boo Knight gets a weird DUI. Um, Buff got promoted, but then that was, that was at the right time as like, it was a normal time, but then Collins comes in to fill in for clinks, clink leaves in May. You have the Cohen hire weird timing. Like just a lot of that stuff has, has really added up, you know? So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that just, it just does. It's all, it's okay to have one of those as a one-off where you have a weird hire, but a lot of them had added up and then to add to it, you had Stoops, brother in who had taken like two or three years out of being a primary assistant and recruiting regularly. Like it's just, yeah. it's a big, that that's a big mess. So I think what a lot of we're going to see, uh, I'm curious too, because they fired, uh, they didn't keep uh settle around for signing day. Did they? They just got rid of his ass, right? Pretty sure. Yeah. Bulware was in here. Yeah. Cause he closed on Jamarian Wilcox yeah. around that time. Yeah. So I, I'm curious if it's going to be just cut and bait right so. away. Like it's it's Ben's probably yeah, yeah yeah. So you know, I we we had four or five different uh, new coaches back in 2015. I don't know if it'll get up to five, but it'll probably be close to that number. Yeah, just think about this, Nick. Right, 2020, the COVID. So that was all. All everything was messed up. Liam Cohen and the Rams are in the playoffs, so he can't get here until late. Yeah. Right. The next year, you know, they kind of have a normal December January. Then he leaves. Yep. You know. So then they then Rich comes in late, um, and then you fire Scangarello, and then Cohen can't like he can't be here until yeah. January. So yeah. they have like they've had this weird kind of thing with offensive coordinator. They're basically missing a month of with their one of their really hot, head honchos around. A really important month. Now I know Cohen was involved with everything's going on, but it's different. Like he Being was there. half foot in, half foot out. Yeah, because he was working two jobs. Um, it's gonna be like this would be the first time, man, since like really after the 2019 season where they just had a normal offensive coordinator offseason situation, right? They've just had so much like kind of weird churn of moving parts in that position that you have to have to think that will help, and especially when in an offseason where I think like the fit box is gonna be extra important. On offense, and not just person or scheme fit, more of like cultural person fit with their locker room. I think that's going to be very important. I mean, they just there's just so much, man. They're, yeah. They've got like he's like Mark Stoops. He's a, if he was a mechanic, he's got like 16 cars to work on, and and he's got to get them done in two days. I mean, that's or, just or he's just got my car. And, or he's you know. got your car. <laughs> just that's just like there's just so much they have to get fixed, uh, and it's. I mean, it's. I just think about this offseason if they lose on Saturday. Well, like, what is that going to look like? 
That's where um, STC80KY on the board said that. MJ said the football players are fired up. Can you confirm? That is one thing that I have. Not only did we get Dion trash talking, the folks I've talked to were very much. Um, I, I, th- I think we're going to get a very much in, inspired, at least start to this game. Now, we're going to get into it. What happens when adversity hits? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to get we're going to get into it, but it's it's going to be an exciting start. It's going to be crazy. You need to be there for it. You need to download the Game Time app or visit GameTime.co. Go find yourself some tickets for Saturday's game at LNN Federal Credit Union Stadium. Yes, that's the name of it now. Um, the artist formerly known as Papa John's. Use your promo code KSR. You're going to get $20 off your first purchase with Game Time, the fastest, best way to get last-minute tickets. It's officially a sellout, but the best thing about Game Time is they have these flash deals at the last minute to make sure you had the best price, guaranteed, no matter what. And I'm actually, I'm, I'm, my phone's on the wrong internet. It's moving a little bit slow because I'm trying to move it up. What I like about the Game Time app, too, you see your seats before you buy them, and they do all-in pricing, too, so... It's not like you're going to get tagged with a bunch of random fees that you don't expect or anything like that. It's just the price is what it is. It says it right there on the Game Time app. So go ahead, download it, get your butts in the seat, and get there early uh, with our friends at the Game Time app. Uh, I'm seeing right now uh, $69 you can get in uh, into the game. Oh, another fun thing you can do. Uh, ooh, 66 bucks. That's a pretty sweet deal. For a couple of tickets to the sellout game, um, you know they also got. Uh, I've never, I've only been once, but going to the races on Thanksgiving, sign me up. Um, game time, they've got tickets for that everywhere. Download the app, promo code KSR for twenty dollars off your first purchase. I bring up the beginning of the game because I, I definitely have to be worried that all of this energy is just going to be taken out on fights and not on execution offensively defensively i'm not i really think defensively they're going to be able to keep this play this this game close kentucky has the best explosive run defense in the sec uh there's some pretty good explosive run defenses in the sec really cody schrader is the only one that's got him and gashed him but that was only one run yeah, I mean, like that, they've done a great job. I, I want to say it's four rushes of over 20 yards they've allowed all year. And that's what Louisville really makes their hay on, right? Even though Jawar Jordan hasn't been healthy um, for the last couple of weeks, uh, Isaac Grindo's a physical back who he, he pops a couple, right? He had that one uh, against uh, Virginia that, that saved the game for him. But uh, that's Louisville's best offense is just turning around, handing the ball off, and letting them get a big run. And I don't think they're going to be able to do that. So I do think if you go out and you win the toss, look at Kentucky can set the turn early defensively. It's just offensively, how what are we going to get here, right? Because the, the quote after the South Carolina game that Liam had about like, well, you'd run it well, and then the pass would fall apart, you pass it. Like that's just been the whole year for this this team. So I I, I don't know what the hell is going to happen offensively. I'm with you on defense. Um, I think the defense is going to play good enough for Kentucky to win this football game. I just don't know. I don't think the offense can do it. Um, You kind of look at Louisville, Nick. 
just if you were going to tear offenses Kentucky has faced, Louisville's in that group with Florida, Missouri, and South Carolina. And even the, the Missouri score is big, but you kind of have to look at the game script. Mm-hmm. And Kentucky held them under five yards per play, um, really took Schrader out of the game. Uh, and then Brady Cook didn't get really any explosive passes. All of, it was a bunch of dink and dunk. His runs and, almost hurt him as much as anything. Right. And so, like, they're going to – I think Kentucky's going to hold Louisville to right around five yards per play, and then depending on field position and turnovers – they're going to – I think they'll probably hold Louisville to 20-ish points, and they're going to be right in that – right there. You have a chance to win it if that's the case, and I think it will be the case. I just worry about Kentucky's offense, Nick, to your point, right? Mm-hmm. I think we'll know I, – I, I'll almost feel like I'll know first drive. If Kentucky goes down and scores on their first possession, I think they'll have a real good chance to win this game Saturday. If they don't, I think they're probably going to lose by like 10. And like, and then we got to kind of look at the results, Nick. This offense is not good on the road, right? <laughs> it's not they traveled. 17 points, offensive points against Mississippi State. 14 against South Carolina. You know, 31 against a bad Vanderbilt defense. 13 against Georgia, which might have been their best performance of the year. Uh, they're just not – they haven't been good away from home. And – you, you, we we've really seen them in two like rowdy atmospheres in this. It was Georgia and South Carolina where they did where the game was not what? where they had didn't like, you know where they didn't get a defensive score to kind of make it different, and they just they couldn't was handle it. it was like, it twenty one to, to nothing at Georgia or fourteen? I they all run together for together. Me. <laughs> I don't know. they all run together. But they the long story short, they just haven't handled playing on the road well offensively. And I, how do you trust them this week? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Leary's getting passes batted down at the line almost every fourth time he drops back. You know, they're going to have some protection bust against a Louisville defense that's going to bring a lot of pressure. And Louisville has got physical, sticky man corners who will hold and grab. And as a receiver, you got to play through contact and you got you to gotta win at the line of scrimmage and get guys off of you and go get open. What makes us think that Kentucky receivers are going to be able to do that? I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just, yeah. I just thought it's hard for me to see it with the, the offense, and it's really, really frustrating because well, I feel like it can be another game. Nick was like, man, if they could just score 24 points, they probably yeah. win this game. And, it, it, mm-hmm. and it's kind of the, it's. But how many times could we have asked that question, the Mark Stoops era? And that's kind of how I see that game well, playing out. And and that and that's the part too where if you had the Barry on Brown that you thought you were going to get. There would be a time where he would get free on one of those pressure packages and just get loose for a seventy-five yard score, but you haven't seen it, right? Yeah. Like the you need the guy that can just catch it and run away from him, and he has not done that. I just don't the the guy that was just like weaving his way through an Ole Miss defense that was not that bad. I don't know what happened to that guy. It was it looks so natural, it looks so easy to him, and you know I. I just I, I I don't know where that guy went, and the 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 part of it that really that worries me the most in all of this is just the confidence in these players when things don't go their way. You know, do they even trust that if the right place called up that they can execute? Because that's what a lot of it comes down to: is Devin Leary not trusting him his arm and just throwing rifles in? 
it's it's not just floating out there and letting your guy go make a play. There's just there's a lack of trust, a lack of confidence with one another because the offense has played bad team football all year, and that's why Cohen's statement rings true, right? Because it, I mean, it's just one bleep up after another. The the, the run. It, Got a good run drawn up, guys are blocking the wrong guys. You got a good pass drawn up, guy drops it. It balls bad, it gets a bad throw. Like it's always somebody, it's always something. It has been a bad team offensive operation. And we thought with Liam Cohen that was going to be the positive, right? And that was going to be how we got through the Rich Gangarella era. And I think that's what's most frustrating is Rich just didn't know what the hell he was doing. Liam knows what he's doing, but he can't get his guys to do it. And it's just like Yeah. Ugh. I think the record's the same if Scangarello's here. Yeah. I don't know if it's any different. Yeah. Just... <laughs> ah, yeah. I... It's been slightly better. I know somebody was like, well, their offense is scoring three points less than Liam's first go around or something. It's like, all right. Yeah, to, to me, I think all of that, you could have made that case. I, I, I was making that case online, really, for most of the year. But that South Carolina result was damning to me. Yeah. Like that is gonna that's gonna be hard for me to get over personally, um, and I think it's gonna be hard for a lot of people to get over. Well, and to, to before you finish your thought quickly, because even though the look to Barry on Brown's there, what makes you trust that Barry on Brown could make that play over ten games of the season? Like that's that's where the disconnect is, right? Just because it's a good play design and he got past the guy and he's free doesn't mean that we believe he's actually going to execute it. So does it actually make it a good play? So that's where I can agree with you. Proceed. It's just what I mean. I don't care if you're running the tush push all the way down the field, or you're are you running a veer and shoot, or you're running. Shanahan McVay, are you running whatever? You've got to go score points on that South Carolina defense. Like, just bottom line. <laughs> like, no <laughs> ifs, ands, or buts about it. Just go score points. And that they didn't do that in a big moment in the season. And, like, that was just – it was just a damning result to me. On top of, Nick, like, you lose to Vanderbilt last year, which you can say the defense didn't hold up its end of the bargain, but, like, all you had to do was score 24 points in that game. You win, you know. We keep pointing the finger at this that they just can't score. That offensively, they just can't figure it out, and they've tried everything. And it's just – it's really frustrating. And until they can figure that out, like, I think we're going to have the same issues. And it's only going to get harder, man. Like, Josh Heupel's at Tennessee, Jeff Brom's at Louisville. Those dudes are going to score points. Like, <laughs> if you want to beat them, the the two fan bases that matter the most on for you, the, the two – teams that matter the most on your fan base's schedule, the two teams you got to beat to get the you yeah. want the money, you better go beat those teams. You want That's the fan support, the, yeah. You want people you want to pony up, yeah. So, you got to go score points, man. Like, it's just, it's simple as day. And until they can start doing that, like, it, I mean, what are we even talking about? You know, that's that's really what it's all about. And that's why, you know, it's just so frustrating. And then, like, you just give – wins to the everybody else in your now that matters left everybody else in your division that matters less now but man it's embarrassing to go two and seven at home in your last nine sec games it's bad mm-hmm. there's no getting around it's bad man like i stoops has accomplished a lot and he's done a lot of good things but that is bad man you cannot do and we talked about this in rap reaction after the bama game like that's a big part of all of this 
is winning home games, beating beating teams your fans like to make fun of. That's a big part of all of this. Like you, there's some games you just gotta win, and you know, man, you can't. You let these other teams hang it over, dangle it over your head, and that's that's when the support dries up when stuff like that happens. And you just gotta win some of these games. They're losing games, the 50-50 games that they can't lose, and now all of a sudden, Nick, they can't win a close game to save their life. Like they, we get in the fourth quarter of these games, and it's just like they, like the the monsters come and steal their talent. I mean, it's just been really, really frustrating. Well, you, know, you, like, you say that, but was, tell me what that fourth quarter looked like in South Carolina. Turning to do the Sean uh, Bradley when he just starts walking down the court like a zombie. Um, I do, uh, I, I do want to mention before we start wrapping this thing up. Um, can we please just pick off Jack Palmer a couple times? I would really like that because he's not very good, and that's how you keep this thing close. Because the defense just is one th- the general, yeah, yeah. Like they, the defense kind of bailed out the offense there for a while by turning over opponents early in the year. So my worry though is just they're not throwing it Max Harrison's way. <laughs> You know, maybe Jack Plummer's unwise enough to do it, but uh, they're just not throwing it his way, and he's the guy who's making all the plays. Yeah, I think a lot of that stop of the run, get rid of the balance. Yeah, I mean, imagine tush push when Lynn Bolden was here, guys. Like, yeah, just imagine that. Bigs, bigs, just imagine it down the field. It would be funny. I, so, I or even when Benny was here, maybe it just took taught Benny how to take a snap, and they would have done that all the way down the field. Oh uh, man. And so, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can make, I guess anything, if you can make a one-dimensional, you know, that's going to help out. And then Plummer, Nick, they've, I mean, even against Miami, it was a lot of, like, dumping it off the tight ends. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're very much, like, they've even, talk, they've even talked about this, I think, to, like, the broadcast teams. And any Louisville broadcast, you hear them talk about complimentary football, get a lead, run the football, stay, keep, you know, sit on it. Oh, this is how Louisville wants to play. I think that's Brom telling them. We want to run the ball. We want to get a lead. We want to play to our defense. We don't want to make mistakes. And so, and I think he learned a lot of that playing in the Big Ten. Uh, I think he would, Brom from 2015 probably would have been different. But I think, he, yeah. I think be, that's where being in the Big Ten <laughs> helped him. They right. were kind of figuring out, you know, especially when you got a good defense, just play complimentary football, don't make mistakes, let the other team make mistakes. So I think that's. But you're, but if you can't stop, if they get the run going and they get the play action pass game going, it could be a long day. But yes, you can force Plummer into mistake, some mistakes, and that's that's key to the game, right? Is that he misses on some throws, uh, maybe Kentucky gets a pick or a fumble, sack fumble, something like that, where he makes kind of a big mistake and that can maybe swing the game. So yeah, that could definitely happen. Uh, yeah. But we'll have to see. I just don't know if the even if it does happen. I just don't know if the offense is good enough. Nick, they haven't scored a fourth quarter touchdown. <laughs> In, the, in uh, any of these close games. Yeah, uh, in any of the close games whatsoever. Um, hey, uh, see the line is up to 7.5 on FanDuel? I did FanDuel. see it on FanDuel today. Uh, our mm-hmm. friends at FanDuel, Louisville is minus 7.5. They also have some player props up early, too. We so did. we've yet we got to got a couple put... written down. Oh, well, uh, what, do you, what do you got over there? Because um, I feel like Isaac Grindo, anytime touchdown at minus 135, is a that nice is... little – that is on the list to add to the uh, single game parlay. Uh, what what else you got in there, Mister? That it that is on there. I've got Jack Plummer over under. 200, 
Over 240 and a half. Oh, okay, okay. Because I think Kentucky is going to stop the run, and that's going so to force them to get a little pass heavy. But Kentucky okay. has given up. You know, they're willing to give up completions. So give me that. UK team total, Nick, under 20 and a half for the reasons we just talked about. <laughs> they just have a score on the road. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and then first quarter, under 10 and a half points. All right. For the Cats? Just for, for this period. the game. The game. Under 10 and a oh, half. Oh, well, sloppy start. Ooh, that's a 10 to 1 single game parlay. Whoo. That is tasty, Mr. Luckett. We didn't hit one all year, and, and we're, we're going to do it big day in the regular season. Go. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. You can get in on the action with our friends at FanDuel. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, America's number one sports betting app in the world. Put in promo code personnel, place a $5 money line bet, win it, $150 in bonus bets instantly. Folks, there's plenty of sports going on right now. I was watching little Maui Invitational Final here. Thought Marquette was going to hit the three to, to send it in overtime. Uh, Plenty of opportunities to win that $5 money line bet. Get your $150 in bonus bets with our friends at FanDuel. Just use the promo code PERSONNEL when you sign up or visit FanDuel.com slash PERSONNEL. Must be 21 and present in the state of Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable. Bonus bets, which expire seven days after seat Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.sportsbook.com. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Like, will this be your first time covering a game at the University of Louisville? Went in 2021. You did do 2021 too? Yeah. Wife called me frantically because the dogs were fighting at home and she's <sighs> pregnant. I remember that. So that yeah. was my that was my biggest memory uh, from the first time. That and the prime rib. Oh, got to love a good carving table. We had one in South Carolina. We're probably going to get another one. Um, I'm curious for the YouTube chat. Do you got anything I need to share with uh, any of the Brahms tomorrow? Like, what kind of trash talk should I work with here? Or should I just, like, straight stunner somebody through a table and try to knock them out? Like, is that our best hope at winning? Is Jeff showing up in a neck brace? No, you see, should, that would that would backfire. You should walk he, up to, you should walk he'd up show to up Jeff. in a neck brace and do the, like, do I have a pulse? Yes, I am. Let's play football. You should, you should walk up to Jeff just just straight right in the face. You know Mike Glazer's a better coach than Dennis Lampley, and then just walk away and see what he does. <laughs> oh man, that'd wreck him. That'd wreck him. <laughs> or, or I thought you were to say walk up straight to the face and Ryan Lemon his ass. You know, just drop. Uh, no, him. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, that that might happen because that's probably that's Trinity fighting words over there for sure. Oh man, it, yeah, but you, you guys, they're still playing this weekend, though. That's the that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, they are still playing this weekend, which um, semifinals. It's always how many Thanksgiving practices did you get to attend? I got to go to two. That's always you know you're doing well if you're playing uh, football on Thanksgiving. Yeah, two on um, varsity. Sophomore and junior year, we made it to state, so we. They practice this week. We even had a little bit of snow flurries for one of them. And, like, Thursdays are walkthrough anyway, so it's kind of fun to just, you know, go out there with sweatpants on and cleats and run around in the mud. It was definitely muddy that day as well. Um, so to all the high school football teams that are still playing, good luck this weekend. It's a blast. You'll have the time of your life. Um, should be good football weather, too, in the 50s uh, yeah, this weekend. Awesome. And, I, and, and for fans, too, um, we were talking about on the way out of South Carolina – the weather has just been absolutely immaculate all year. 
You got a little bit of rain at the end of the Missouri game, but for the most part, it's been great. You're getting a noon kickoff, so you're getting the peak heat of the day at Cardinal Stadium. Um, so it, it should be should be a lot of fun. Um, if you've never been there before, just uh, have price beers on the party deck before kickoff. So you can get two beers for nine bucks on the party deck before kickoff. A little insider info there. You, you 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 talk like someone who would know. I also may have gotten hustled out of it from one of the Rocket Men because he was on the beer deck, but I was like, he he rang me up and I'm like, dude, it's half price. He's like, yeah. it's half price over there. I'm like, you jerk. Nick, where are you at on this game, pick'em wise? I think I've kind of made my what I'll be saying known. Twenty four fourteen cards. I, I That's do. That's my say. You stole Same my score. score. <laughs> In in fairness, I gave John Hale my score on Monday, and even though I am feeling better, because uh, you know, like Harold later does their predictions, it was either Monday or Tuesday I gave it to him, and like I actually am not. You're you're falling off the cliff right now, and I'm trying yeah, to like I'm throw a, the rope to save face. you. you yeah, tell. Joe Joe Burrow injury really happened at a bad time for you. Kenny Pickett, he's about to come to town. I met Canada's fired, right? Like I'm walking on sunshine right now as far as my NFL team goes. So I'm not as in dire straits as you are and I'm feeling a little bit better. But ultimately I just I just have so little faith in Devin Leary and this Kentucky offense yeah. to go on the road and get it done. So that that that's where I'm at. Um I think it might be close for a little while but ultimately, they Louisville pops a few. They're opportunistic, right? They they've you were laughing at them and all the dumb things that have gone their way. But man, when those dumb opportunity like like sometimes you make it, your yeah. own luck. You like yeah, you, you you take advantage of your own opportunities. That team's done it, and and the team that we cheer for just hasn't done it at all this year. Yeah, I mean, just these last two games, Nick, they could have lost either of them, and they outscored Miami and Virginia both combined thirty-two to six in the fourth quarter. Consider this: like, if you're if you're very worried, Virginia was down fourteen nothing, and they were with three minutes to play in the third quarter. They were up twenty-one fourteen to start. It was three forty-one on the clock. They were up twenty-one to fourteen to start the fourth quarter. So, like. It can be done if you take if you're opportunistic, but that Louisville team is that they have been. Yeah, I mean, there's any time in this winning streak for Kentucky, adversity hit Louisville, crumbled. Right. Yes. Twenty twenty one was the big one. Like remember the got the, the yeah that the, once they had the fight with Vito, the game was over. Like they were done after that. The uh the Flynn Bowden run to open the third quarter. I mean, when he was just throwing guys around, the, yeah. nobody wanted to tackle him anymore. Uh, the funniest one though was the guy who did it. They tried to kick off the field, and he just like refused to leave. I that that Making made me yeah. that amused and then, me. And then last year, last year was a little different, but like I think that Louisville just didn't have a quarterback. Right? Yeah, they, they, the dome man was out there, and you could just. You get to tell early, and they put Cunningham in for one drive, and then he turned it over, and they just they just weren't. And Kentucky just had a, probably one of their better offensive days um, of the year, and that's that's kind of what hap- that's happened in this series, and they needed they would need that on Saturday, I think, to win. But I just you just have to trust this little team more, man. Like when the game's on the line, they're making mm-hmm. plays, and they're they're hit everything's hitting right for them. For Kentucky, they're not making plays, and everything's going against them 
And so, and that's what I think will happen on Saturday. I think it'll get in the fourth quarter. It'll be a close game. Louisville will make the plays, and Kentucky won't. Well, um, you've heard the score from us. We're, we're on the same wavelength there. One final question, and it's a great question from Michael Matthews in the chat. Michael, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you all of y'all participating in the chat. An hour later, um, we appreciate you all subscribing, smashing that like button. It really helps us out a lot. We, we're so thankful for that this Thanksgiving season. Michael's got the over-under on number of guys who hit the portal. And I, I think you're pulling up your list. I thought it was right around a dozen, which would be a normal year. I'd probably set it at 13 and a half, factoring in some guys they wouldn't lose, you know, that some unexpected departures. I'm, think, I'm thinking 13 and a half is a decent line because there's a chance that under could hit. Yeah, I think you're looking at right at 13 to 15. Yeah, it's it's in that window. So like, I I, I think the fears of some mass exodus are just like people panicking because players are tweeting and players' parents are tweeting. That stuff happens. I mean, this isn't that's that, that's what you happen when you have a bad team, right? Like yeah. the players' parents, they've been talking all season. It just manifested on social media. You hate to see it, but like that stuff wanna, comes. I don't want to read too too much into it, mm-hmm. but Dion Walker talked yesterday. And he talked like a guy who has no plans on le- uh, leaving. He's ready to whip some asses into shape. Like that's the kind of mindset I got from him. And that's uh, on a, really, if we're being honest here, Walkett, the the reason why I'm not dire straits is just Dion. Like, dude, Dion, and, and we, we, you're our last hope, right? Like he's he's that R2D2, is, you know, like <laughs> that is that is the guy to me. He's the only guy I think any one of those playoff schools would kick the tires on at all to try to that's, get. You know, that's the other hidden secret in all of this. Um, and I, I would say Harrison too's up there, um, really important. Yeah, yeah, because he's a good corner. <laughs> and what we saw from this defense, they need that bad. Well, and I, he's a good culture guy too. Like I, I didn't expect that, but it, shout out Detroit, shout out Detroit. Yeah. So those are. There's a couple that you need to watch out for. You know, that you want to keep Dane Key here. Yes. Right? And so you're going to, you know, I don't know what's going on over there with them. I mean, I, it's been reported. Everyone see either his dad and his brother tweeted about the game Saturday. Um, there was the Louisville rumor earlier. But he tonight he was throwing L's down at their Thanksgiving dinner yeah. over at Merrill's house. So you're going to have to, you need to keep him here. So I think you know. I don't. I don't know. I don't want to even handicap it. You know what happens with Barry and Brown. I think who knows. But after this year, like the return on investment wasn't great, man. So maybe it's about you know we'll, we'll see what happens there. Yeah, you're going to be able to find receivers in that, but like you can't find Dion's, and then offensive linemen are hard to find. Yeah, that's where so it's seeing tough. seeing how they manage that. But you can find good receivers. Um, and so that's where I I think they're gonna be fine there. Like I really do. I think we'll look back and we'll look at the roster and we'll be like, okay, yeah. they could do something with this. And I think Liam um, can find a quarterback too. Um, yeah, I just more worry about just just the offensive recruiting as a whole. Like you can't just keep doing the the portal stuff. Like to me, this is kind of like what people used to do back when they would just or we'll just load up on JUCO. Like eventually, you just can't keep yeah. doing that over and over. You've got to, well, you've got to free agent signings in the pros develop. too. Yeah. yeah, like you got to draft got, well. 
Yeah, you got to recruit <laughs> and develop and get your guys. That's how you cultivate a good culture, man. Mm-hmm. Is those guys are here for a while and they take pride in it, and that's yep. you know. And if if new guys come in, they got to answer like this is their program. It's not the new guys. Pro, right, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's yeah. like if somebody comes in, this is our offense you're coming into. It's not, you know, your offense, and we got to adjust to you. Right. Uh, so they got to get back to that offense defensively. I think they're doing that. And you look at, you know, you just look at the guys. They've hit on a bunch of 2020 guys, maybe that aren't great, but are you know quality starters. You know, Hayes, Ripka, Ox, Derek Jackson. Like these are all guys. Andrew Phillips. These are all guys that are playing and are part of the defense. They don't have that on offense. They don't have starters or even guys that are playing in big roles. Like Isaiah Cummings didn't play till last week, you know, in the, the class of twenty twenty. And Jutama McLean's been in and out of the lineup. They just got to get better about finding their guys in high school on offense, developing them, and getting them into big roles. And that ends my uh, roster building TED talk. Do you do you feel better now that you've you've said it out loud, got it off your chest? I uh, yeah, I guess, but um, it's that's really bothering me. I'm not gonna lie, as you can tell, it's really bothering me that they're at this at this spot. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know how. Like I think it's almost to me, it's kind of it's got to be a long term fix, unless you're just gonna be a portal program, which I don't think they want to be. And so. Well, I can do a couple, couple Bud Lights and a turkey leg. It'll do you some good tomorrow. We, we hope everybody here has a safe and happy Thanksgiving. And we really hope the Cats do something crazy and win a fifth straight over the cards and continue their domination in the Governor's Cup. It's at noon Saturday on ABC. 11 personnel will be in the house. For Adam Luckett, I'm Nick Roush. Go Cats and go Crow Green.